This week on TSR, Dungeons and or Dragons. How about a BuzzFeed quiz? Star Wars Day came and went. And oh snap, Infinity War happened. All that and more on this episode of TSR. This is TSR episode 189. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. Uh, how have things been since we last got together? They've been emotional. It's <laughs> funny what happens when a 10-year uh, uh, movie cycle uh, comes to its culminating point, isn't it? Yeah, not really its end, as, you know, even though they said so, because the they're sneaky bastards. Yeah, but the big target they've been aiming for for quite some time. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about Infinity War today, and we're trying to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, why not? And uh, don't listen to the end of the podcast, <laughs> because I can't stand when podcasts try to talk about movies and don't just just spoil it. That's what I say. Just spoil it, Brian. I, I concur. If you're going to talk about it, talk about it with spoilers and just tell your listeners to tune out if they haven't seen it yet, Yeah, exactly. which is what we're going to be doing. So when we get to the discussion topic today, if you haven't seen it yet... Just tune out. Yeah. Go see it and then come listen to it again. Exactly. It's a, it'll always, it'll be there for you after you've seen it. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So, Nancy, I've been neck deep in Dungeons and Dragons. How, what a shock. I what know. else is new? <laughs> well, this, this, this is new for me. I have not played Dungeons and Dragons since high school. Aww. I only played a session or two then. So this is the first time I've been playing with the uh, fifth edition rule set. Mm -hmm. Um, so I spent yesterday uh, getting a character built, and uh, I'll be playing a campaign with uh, some friends uh, starting next week. I'm looking forward to it. And what's your character, Brian? Uh, my character is a half-elf bard who repurposes uh, Peter Gabriel and Billy Joel lyrics as part of his sort of uh, repertoire. <sighs> that sounds like something you would do. Uh, my GM loves, or my dungeon master loves the idea, so I'm going to run with it. Sure. I, I yeah, it, it's definitely a you thing. I, as, I, as I said, you should always be a bard. <laughs> also, like, I saw your character sheet, and you have way more charisma in Dungeons & Dragons than you do in real life. Are you saying I'm not charismatic in real life? Um, define charismatic. I love you. Oh, <laughs> oh, fine. You talk about your thing now. I'm going to go over here and sulk. No, but I do love the idea that you're like super charismatic, but then like someone can just poke you and knock you over. Yeah, I've um, I min maxed uh, charisma and strength. I've every I've, I'm 17 charisma and I've got nine strength on my sheet. Uh, oh my god, that'll uh, that'll give my G or, uh, dungeon master some fodder to screw with me. Yeah. Um, so I this uh, I talked about this more on the last episode of the Varkosi cast, which you should all listen to uh, and read the books along with me because they're great. Um, but Lois McMaster-Rejold is publishing a new Varkosigan saga novella at the end of the month, and I'm super duper excited for it. 
Um, I thought she was done writing Verkozigan stuff uh, with her last book that came out in 2016. And I was very sad that I discovered the series after, you know, she had stopped publishing the books. So um, to have her do a new novella is awesome. And I'm going to read it, of course, and then we're going to include it in our um, in our read through. And I'm super, super excited. It's about my one of my favorite characters, the Katarin. What would have happened if teenage Nancy had discovered these books? Uh, I might not be super into Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I doubt that. I would always be super into Star Wars, but yeah. I'd be mad there's not a Verkozian Saga TV show, just like I am right now. Netflix, come on. Seriously. Amazon, don't... Why are you doing Lord of the Rings again? This is a whole new series that has never been put into film. So, whatever. They don't love me. Aww. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a BuzzFeed quiz this week, Brian. Oh, boy. It's thematic. Uh, which Avengers Infinity War character are you? Excellent. Okay. And um, I'm sorry in advance. I can't say infinity, I've discovered. I talk too fast and it comes out infinity. <laughs> infinity. 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 Aww. <laughs> so, here's the quiz, Brian. Choose an infinity stone. Would you like the reality stone, the soul stone, the mind stone, the time stone, the space stone, or the power stone? I want the space stone. Just instantaneous travel <sighs> That's anywhere. That's what I want. Uh, we always pick the same things. Uh, okay. What do you think people most admire about you? I'm awkward, but in a charming way. People can depend on me to get things done. I have an ultra-hot body. I am extremely funny. I have a quiet strength and casual confidence. I am loving and compassionate. I'm selfless and willing to do anything to help people I care about. I am a genius and excellent at everything I do. I am focused and determined in pursuit of my goals. I'm just a nice person, you know. I don't know. What would you choose for me on this one? What would I choose for you? Yeah. The first one. Yeah, that's about oh, right. Oh, no, no, maybe I would do, um, uh, this willing to do anything to help people I care about. Yeah, I'll go with that one. What would you pick for me? Hmm. I think I know what I would pick for me, but I'm just curious what you think. Uh, I think you're super focused and determined in pursuit of your goals. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I think I'm too distractible. I would say people can depend on me to get things done. I, I, yeah, I agree. That is very true. Either that one, or I have a quiet strength and casual confidence, but I don't have much confidence. So (laughs) I'll pick people depend on me to get things done. Okay. Okay. That's a a good one. Here we go. Choose a Star Wars character. I don't have to, I don't have to do uh, Ray, Han, Lando, Luke, Vader, Leia, Poe, BB 8, Finn. I know what mine is, Luke. What's yours? I'm Poe, Poe Dameron. <laughs> good, good to meet you, Poe. <laughs> All right. You, you, uh, you do the next one. Uh, which character would you like to make, would you most want to make out with? <laughs> Captain America, Black Widow, Thor, Black Panther, Gamora, Bucky, Scarlet Witch, Star-Lord, or Iron Man? There's a lot of good options here. Uh, especially if you're me. <laughs> Um, I am going to pick Thor. Hmm. 
I mean, after that haircut, I have to pick him too. Ah, but there's so many good options. I know, but what about Steve? What about T'Challa? I'd more want to marry them. Uh, We're just talking about making out. Well, you usually make out with people you marry, Brian. I, I know, but this, <laughs> this this imply this implies something else. Okay. Next one. What is your weakness? I can be a bit too impulsive. I have trouble letting my guard down and allowing myself to be vulnerable with people. I am a know-it-all with a tendency of being unfairly dismissive of other people. I have trouble letting go of the past. I can be vain and petty. I have an awful temper. I am more than a bit, little bit codependent. I can be a little bit arrogant. I am insecure and tend to overcompensate. I am a genocidal lunatic. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not the last one. Yeah. Um... It's either too impulsive uh-huh. or codependent. Mm. I would say for mine, I would say I can be vain and petty. I think that's definitely mine. I don't think you're vain. I can be petty, though. Yeah, Yeah. you're not denying it. I'm not denying it. See, for you, I would say either impulsive or... um, (laughs) You uh, insecure and tend to overcompensate. (laughs) I tend to overcompensate? I don't know if overcompensate, I mean, insecure, yes. Yeah. Or the temper thing. But I have a temper, too, so... I, I feel like impulsive yeah. describes me better. I, yeah, I would agree with that. All right, next one. Do you want to do the next one? Choose an X-Men character. Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Charles Xavier, Mystique, Magneto, or Deadpool. <laughs> See, I don't I don't like these because it's like, are these, are these your favorite character or the one you're most like? So I'm just going to choose... Uh, and this is this is mean because it's making me choose between Magneto, who I don't like, but who is played by Michael Fassbender, or uh, Wolverine, who I do like, and is played by Hugh Jackman. So I think I'll go with Wolverine. What about you? I'm probably also going with Wolverine. Oh, of course you are. What would be the first thing you'd do if you had had an Infinity Gauntlet? I destroy it. No one should have that much power. Eliminate poverty and economic inequality. I'd give it to someone else who I think would be more worthy of wielding it. Eliminate all racism and bigotry. I'd resurrect someone I love. Make my number one crush fall madly in love with me. Change the way I look. I'd be wary of using it. That's too much responsibility. I wouldn't use it and I'd just keep it safe and hidden from those who might want to abuse it. Murder half of the universe. Duh. (laughs) Um... I mean, the nice part of me wants to say either eliminate poverty and economic inequality or eliminate all racism and bigotry. But, like, it's hard to choose between one or the other. Like, like they're both really good options. You know, well, you know. I think to eliminate poverty and economic inequality, you also have to eliminate racism and bigotry. I know, so like, I don't that's see probably how- a better all-encompassing answer. Yeah. But I also feel like... I would I would want to destroy it. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. Like or I would either I would destroy it or give it to someone more worthy. I'd give it to Luke Skywalker. 
Or um, I wouldn't use it and I just keep it safe and hidden from those who might want it to abuse it. You know, one of those yeah. things. Uh, I don't know. This is a hard one. Do you know? I think I would destroy it. You would destroy it? Yeah. yeah. I think I'd do, I think I'd do the, the ring of power thing and I'd try to destroy it. Yep. I, I would do the same. So okay. that's my answer. All right. So which, which one is that? Um, where is it? Is that even an option? Oh, yeah. It's the first, first one. one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I like mine. Who did you get? I got Captain America. Oh! The good news is you're a truly selfless and a heroic person with a heart of gold. The bad news is you can be a little too stubborn and have a little trouble letting go of the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> want to hear mine? I got Rocket. <laughs> you got Rocket? The good news is that you're clever, funny, and very good at everything you do. The bad news is that you have a tendency to take your insecurity and anger out on people and can be a total asshole. Aww. <laughs> I don't know if I think that's accurate. I don't think you're an asshole. <laughs> but I like Rocket, so okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Yeah. All right, to the Star Wars corner. Good hey, Wars. Fantasy Flight has announced the second edition of their X-Wings miniatures game, uh, of which I never got gotten in the first edition because that's an expensive path of which I may never be allowed to go down. No. Um, but the good news is, for those of you with the first edition game, uh, they are selling conversion kits, so you'll be able to play it with the uh, second edition rule set. So, yay, if that's the thing you're into. Yes. I um, I don't understand X-Wing miniatures, and I probably never will, because I probably will never will play it. It's just a tabletop combat war game. Ah, uh, but you have actual, like, little ships? Yes. Okay. Yeah, those are expensive. It's a brilliant money-making scheme <laughs> fantasy flights got cooked up, cooked up over there uh uh forces and destiny is back i think this is season considered season two i'm not sure they i they have such a weird release they schedule. have I'm such a even... weird release schedule and they just like they announce it the day before and they're like hey new forces of destiny tomorrow and you're like what <laughs> they don't give you much time to prepare but um there was i think there were eight episodes that came out um on star wars day uh, I only watched one of them because I'm trash, and it was the one with Luke and Leia on Endor. Um, I've only watched two Forces of Destiny episodes. Both have been with Luke, because <laughs> that's who I am. Uh, and this one was Luke and Leia after, uh, after the Battle of Endor, helping out some Ewoks. Uh, and one of the Ewoks was Nisa, who is from the Ewok cartoons, and um, Luke was voiced by Mark Hamill again, so that was very nice. And uh, it was so nice seeing them together and being Skywalker twins. And I hope they have more of them like that. <laughs> that was that was really good. I watched that one last night, and I should watch all of them, but <laughs> we will eventually. We'll we'll get around to it. Yeah, I think they have playlists on YouTube. That's a thing. It's like they're all like. I need it to be put in front of me because I'm lazy, you know, but I think they have playlists on YouTube so we mm -hmm. can do that. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, so Star Wars Day came and went with a bunch of deals, but not exactly a bunch of news. Yeah, they had some news. Um, one of them was that the um, they announced the Star Wars races for next year at Disney World. Um, 
In the past, what they had done was the Star Wars light side race was held at Disneyland and the dark side race was held at Disney World. But this year, they did not have the light side race because of construction at Disneyland. And yeah, they're they're not going to be run Disney races uh, over at Disneyland for a while because of that. Yeah. So next year, what they're doing is the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend. Um, Basically, you choose your side. Whether you want to do, you know, the light side or the dark side. So that's that's kind of neat. Um, but that would, you know, it, so basically instead of having two races at both, you know, sides of the country, they're just having one. So um, and that will be held, uh, blah, blah, blah. When is it? When is it? April 4th through 7th, 2019. So if you are, it's uh, not a celebration announcement, but if you are into Run Disney and running, uh, you can try to plan to be there. Maybe I'll do one again. Probably not, because that involves getting up early and running. It's, two things I don't like doing. I mean, it's less the running. It's yeah. more the you got to get there at like 4.30 a.m. Yeah. The, the 5K wasn't that bad. But um, the way the schedule next year is I wouldn't be able to take that Friday off. So that's when the 5K is. So it's pointless. And there's no way I could do a half marathon. So, oh, well. Uh, Solo tickets went on sale in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yeah, at midnight. um, I was not awake. Neither were you. Um, But the sad thing is I actually was awake. Oh, you were? Yeah, I, I... I'd gotten up in the middle of the night, and I if I had taken, like, five seconds to check the email on my phone, mm-hmm. I would have seen it was on sale. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, it's it came out. I got our tickets as soon as I woke up. I went and got it. So, um, it, it worked. I, I, I didn't mind not having the stress of waking up, you know. And or staying up late or, uh, you know, staying until, you know, while the trailer's coming out and mashing buttons to get tickets, you know. So it, it worked. It worked. I, I can't complain. We, yeah, we got some pretty good seats. Um, Although if I hadn't gotten tickets, I would have been pissed. So. Yeah. <laughs> I do know that happened to a couple people that they did not get tickets. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Like, th- th- this is... It's I I get it going up at midnight, mm-hmm. but um, at least give us a heads up, yeah. Because uh, East Coasters are at a bit of a disadvantage when you drop that. Yeah, exactly. At midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, they had there's a bunch of new featurettes and commercials that dropped. Um, the most important one is uh Donald Glover's tour of the Millennium Falcon, um, which looks amazing it's like an episode of cribs and there there is a cape there is a cape closet a walk-in cape closet in a freaking spaceship because of course there is and now i'm really curious to see what the hell han did to the ship afterwards to make it look like crap gross slob yeah but it's not even that it's not even like he was a slob like he actually like 
took stuff out. Like, he had to take the wall I, panels out. I don't know. Those wall panels don't turn that color unless you're but a But there's not... The wall panels aren't even there. That's the thing. Like, there are panels on the wall when Lando has it, and then when Han has it, they're not there. Like, he took them off. I mean, there's still some panels yeah, there there's that still have some panels brown. There. But then there's also ones he took off. Like, there was a bunk over the Dijeric table, which is no longer there when Han owns it and i want to know what was he doing was he trying to make it lighter was he just trying to get more space for cargo uh i need to know what he was doing was you know someone write a book about that (laughs) (laughs) and the next one i will let you talk about (laughs) so this week on the star wars show they had ron howard on to obviously promote solo coming up on may 25th Mm -hmm. and uh the the star wars show producer scott bromley put together the greatest sketch in the internet of internet sketches (laughs) they got ron howard to do the narration for star wars a new hope in the style of arrested development that's pretty good yeah, I mean, I've seen fan mashups over the years where they cut out bits and pieces and just put together a fan vid, but this was actually written and cut up by uh, the Star Wars digital team and narrated by Ron Howard, and it was perfect. Yes. I, I think the bits about Obi-Wan were my favorite. <laughs> yes. the I don't seem to ever ever be owning a droid. From, From a, a certain, certain point, point of view, view, he was lying. R2, 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 R2! Uh, and the stuff with, um, uh, how did my father die? Well, Well, 19 years ago. (laughs) He was a good friend. Well, I hate you. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen that one and you like Arrested Development, you do need to go watch that. I sent that to a couple friends of mine who uh, are not big in Star Wars fandom, but do like Arrested Development. They loved it. Yeah. You sent that to uh, your friend Amanda, right? Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if she's watched it yet. I have to poke her about it. Yeah. Sorry, keep talking. I lost my power cable. Uh Uh-oh. Um, there was also a neat little gif that ILM Studios, uh, ILM Visual Effects tweeted at Ron Howard. Uh, I think he tweeted something, like, about, like, does ILM have anything to show us on Star Wars Day? And they never responded. And then Ron Howard tweeted, narrator, they had nothing going on. (laughs) And then ILM (laughs) responded to them with this gif of... Uh, on top of the train and it looks like it's uh woody harrelson yeah it's woody harrelson um firing back at people he lifts up the top of the train and like gets behind it to use it as cover it's actually really cool i'm showing it to you oh i haven't seen this one yeah it's just like a little a short little gif of the effect shots so it looks that really is cool. yeah that's a neat shot yeah and we saw the trailer um when we saw infinity war it was cool seeing it on the big screen um i'm i'm excited about the movie it's it's doing really well in uh pre-sales but um also a little hesitant because there was a clip that they showed on i think late night tv that i didn't really like that much so hopefully the rest of the movie will be better <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully i have no uh i have no um investment in this movie (laughs) so i'm just there for the ride uh moving on to other news uh infinity war made a whole bunch of money and when we say a whole bunch we mean a whole bunch we need all of it all of the money uh it is now the fastest ever film to touch top one billion in the global box office (laughs) and uh disney this year 
Disney as a whole uh-huh. is already at $3 billion worldwide <sighs> Wow! this year. Well, they had Infinity War was the biggest grossing movie mm-hmm. or biggest opening weekend of all time. Then they had Black Panther, which just had legs and kept think, making money. Yeah, I think hand Black Panther fist. is already like is the third biggest gro- domestic grossing movie mm-hmm. of all time. And they had, uh, which is crazy. They had The Last Jedi carrying over into this year, so yeah. it's been a very good year to be Disney Studios. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I don't think Solo is not going to make nearly that much money, but it's going to make a good good amount of money. I could see it do uh, three, four hundred million easy. Yeah. But um, Infinity War, didn't it do like 240 million in its opening weekend? 250 million. That's, yeah. I mean, I remember when a movie hitting a hundred million dollars opening weekend was a big deal what was the first one that did that was it independence day i don't know now i have to look that up i have i have a feeling independence day is somewhere up there uh as far as that goes um but yeah um the uns- uh, nope it was spider-man the toby mcguire spider-man yep. really yep i would not have guessed that oh um well okay sorry uh yes uh Directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tommy McGuire, the, the eagerly blah, 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 was released on Friday, May 3rd, 20, 2002. Quickly became the fastest movie ever to earn more than $100 million at the box office, ranky, raking in a staggering $114.8 million. Wow, I would not have picked that yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm wondering... Um, now, now I'm have to Google highest grossing opening weekends. <laughs> Highest grossing opening weekend. Uh, hi- top thirty-five. Oh, no, I don't want domestic. I want global. No, I'm sorry. It was giving me global. I don't want global. I want domestic. Um, biggest grossing domestic opening weekends. Here we go. Uh, box office mojo. Avengers: Infinity War, two hundred and fifty-seven million. Star Wars: The Force Awakens, two hundred and forty-seven million. Uh, the Last Jedi, two hundred and twenty million. Jurassic World, two hundred and eight million. Uh, the Avengers, two hundred and seven million. Black Panther, two hundred and two million. Age of Ultron, one hundred and ninety-one million. Civil War, one hundred and seventy-nine million. Beauty and the Beast, one hundred and seventy-four million. Iron Man three, one hundred and seventy-four million dollars. Those are all the top 10. There is only one film in the top 10 that isn't Disney owned. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and again, to reiterate, box office totals are not not an indicator of quality of the film necessarily, but boy, it's really interesting looking at this list. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to find where, like... Because I know Phantom Menace did a did a lot, but oh, Revenge of the Sith is actually the first the first one from the prequels that I see, hundred eight million, which is odd. I would I would have thought Phantom Menace would do better because of the the longer time, but I'm guessing it. You know, you know. I think that's something where you have to start considering just factors outside of uh just the film's control like i i think i think these big 
opening weekend blockbusters are just more of an event now yeah. than they were in 1999. Yeah, a Phantom $64 million. Also, the- And, like, at the time, that, like, that was a lot. So- Another thing to consider is the Thursday night 7 o'clock premiere mm-hmm. is a relatively new thing. That's true, yeah. It used to be just midnight. Yep. And uh, I think if Phantom Menace had a 7 o'clock Thursday, uh, it would be much higher on the list. Yeah, I, I mean, all the prequels, really. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I was, I'm was. i actually surprised The Force Awakens, or Last Jedi was is third, is with a uh, 220. I'm surprised. Uh, Black Panther is... Uh, is number six um it's actually there's not that much separating there's uh jurassic world is 208 Mar- avenger Mar- the avengers the original avengers is 207 and black panther is 202 yeah there's only that's s- actually really like there's that's, only six million dollars separating yeah but that the avengers that's that's a 2012 movie yeah. that's the oldest one up there and that like you forget how how big the avengers was when it came out like because that was, was the first. It was an event unlike yeah. Any I mean, like you think Infinity, Infinity War is like that. Like this is even even more. Like the 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 of the, the Avengers was just this audacious mm-hmm. concept, and it just drove in people that opening night like crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. These top tens, the top ten, except for two of the films, were all within the last three years yeah and eight of the eight of the top 10 within the last three years yeah and um so S- the force awakens the total gross of was about almost 936 million dollars domestic so they are thinking they are predicting that infinity war could, could be, be the first the, the top a billion domestically yeah which is crazy <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we cut over to Bob Iger jumping into Scrooge <laughs> McDuck's money bin. Yeah, yeah. Big wow. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why they're never going to let that guy retire. <laughs> I mean, he has to eventually. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I do wonder, like, what the drop-off is, because the thing with these movies, they're event movies, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people go see them opening weekend mostly to avoid spoilers yeah i mean and that really for me just highlights how freaking successful black panther was black panther was not an event movie and black panther if you look at it um there's a there's a column here on the the box office mojo chart i found which is percent of total so um the force awakens the total percent of the total for opening weekend was 26.5 percent that's not a lot. No. There was not a big drop off there. Black Panther, same, 29.2%. So that's not a huge drop off. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what the drop off is for Infinity War. I, Infinity Because it was almost sold out when we saw it. I, I did not expect it to be sold out again this weekend. Yeah, we saw it Friday night. And we had to. We went at eight forty-five because the earlier show was we couldn't get tickets to it, and we only barely got into. Yeah, the we went. We went after work to get tickets, and then went back home because we had to. Yeah, but yeesh! Wow, um, it'll be interesting to see if Infinity War has legs. I can see some reasons why it won't. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's only gonna t- it's gonna be time that plays out. It's a depressing movie. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's a reason we didn't see Rogue One that many times yeah. because that was. I mean, it was a bummer. I mean, even Last Jedi. It's. I mean, we saw it a bunch, but you know. It's not, I haven't watched it since I got it on Blu-ray, other than certain scenes, just because it's, like, not super fun. The, wor- the world is on fire, and uh, sitting down for a very well-put-together Star Wars film, but a downer yeah. Star Wars film, it's the same reason I wouldn't I wouldn't just go and pop in Empire yeah. right now. Yeah, unless you watch, you know, you have Jedi afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I can watch it now because that, I know what happens. That's the problem. I don't have Episode Nine as a palate cleanser yeah, yet. <laughs> exactly. And the thing with Infinity War is that, like, it is, it is super depressing, but I feel like I could watch it more because of, like, the rest of the movie is they're super funny parts and like i just it, it's it's not it's super a very well I, yeah. I, I guess we'll just transition into our yeah, discussion let's topic just go to talk about the movie um, but uh if you haven't seen it stop listening but yeah but high level something i really love is just how tonally well balanced this movie is yeah like i i don't i don't know how they managed to cludge the tone of Captain America, the tone of Thor Ragnarok, the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy, the tone of Iron Man, and somehow make it work. Yeah. Like, these are very disparate films with very disparate styles and tone and writing, and somehow it all just fits together and works. Yeah. Um. I So, we watched a few movies leading up to Infinity War, and we talked about it. I think a few weeks ago on the, I think last week we talked about it on the podcast. Um, uh, you know, we, we had watched Avengers, we'd watched Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, one and two, I think. And then we watched, um, we watched Ragnarok. Uh, but I, we watched the first one we did was the Avengers. And I, as I was watching, I kept forgetting how much I enjoyed that movie. And, like, when that movie came out, I wasn't huge into the, you know, the Marvel, the MCU, or comics in general. I had seen the first, I had seen Iron Man 1 and 2. I liked Iron Man 1 more than I thought I would. I didn't like Iron Man 2. I had seen Thor, and I had seen Captain America. And I think, like, that was pretty much the only movies that had come out. So, I was, you know, interested in going to see The Avengers. It wasn't, like, something I was super excited for. Um, and I loved it. Like, I was really surprised at how well they brought everyone together and how well they, you know, like how good the story was. Um, you know, there are some things I, you know, didn't like about it, but overall it was just like, like, I remember there's the shot of them, like, in New York that kind of, like, pans around them and they're all standing there. It's, like, very much the hero shot. And I remember thinking, like, all right, this MCU thing is a success. <laughs> and I know you were way more excited about Avengers than I was. I remember, actually, the opening night, um, the first thing I did when I woke up the mor- in the morning was like to go to look at your Twitter because I knew how excited you were about Avengers. And for and- the for the record, this was long before we were st- we were even yeah dating. we weren't dating. <laughs> but I was like, I want to know how Brian liked Infinity War because you were so excited about it. Uh, Avengers, you mean? Yeah, that's yeah. 
and uh, I was you were so excited about it and I was like I really hope he liked it and I did I loved it I thought it was great an audacious uh just event film that shouldn't have worked but against all odds did yeah I think the only thing in retrospect that I don't like about Avengers is that Loki is such a dick <laughs> which I mean he's such a good villain and I like him is the villain in the movie well the but I, but I want him to just be the god of mischief and not genocidal. Yeah, the maniac. problem is no one got Loki until Taika Waititi came over to write Loki. Yeah, but um, but it's like because I like him, but I like him in a vacuum. But as like overall with his character, I'm like, oh, why, why you do this, Loki? Um, but yeah, so um, Infinity War. It's basically like the first Avengers, but, but on turn it steroids. Up. Yeah, uh, the first Avengers film, but turn it up to 11. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, the meme going around is Avengers Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover in history. And, I mean, the meme is hilarious, but it's also a very true statement because you have, like, the mo- so the movie starts out with Thor. And the Asgardian refugee ship, which is basically exactly how Thor Ragnarok leaves off. Um, you get that whole opening scene is that ship and um, Thanos getting the space stone. Um, Heimdall sending uh, Hulk to Earth as his last breath of air. And then we switch to the... Um, you know, Doctor Strange and Wong and Hulk slams into his, their, their, their stairs and he's like, Thanos is coming. And then title screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like you immediately have, all right, you've got Thor and the Hulk and then Doctor Strange all coming together even before the credits. And then you have Iron Man. Who immediately gives us probably retirement in the next film. Oh God. Yeah. Like, they're getting married. He's talking about having a baby. I'm like, you might as well just have a warning sign over your head saying, you are going to die soon. Dying in Avengers 4. I was actually really surprised when he did not die at the end of this movie, but I mean, we still got another one. So, um, but yeah, we've got, so then we got Iron Man teaming up with Doctor Strange and then Spider-Man comes into the fray and you're like, Holy crap, there are all these superheroes. And those are not, like, only Iron Man and Hulk have worked together before. So you're already getting all these heroes coming together for the first time. Um, well, I guess Tony and uh, I guess Iron Man and Spider-Man have worked together before. But you know what I mean. So you're already getting, like, Doctor Strange thrown in there. And then you switch over to the Guardians, who are there to pick up to respond to the distress signal from the Asgard vessel. And it's the perfect Guardians intro to the film. Yeah. What, what was the song they're playing there? The Rubber Band Man. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so there, you know, and like you hear the music and the title card says space and everyone just started laughing because you immediately know it's like Guardians. this is the Guardians. This is, you know, they're, you know, they're picking up their, they're picking up the uh, signal. They're debating over why they're doing this money to get the ship. And Gamora's like, no, just because we bring nice. And Star Wars like, uh-huh, sure. 
And then Thor slams onto the windshield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pirate angel. <laughs> so they they pick up Thor. Thor's like, we need, I need to go to Nidavellir. And they're like, that's not a real place. <laughs> who says that? Is it Drax who says yeah, that? Yeah, Drax says that's that. That's not a real place. That's not a real place. Uh, so they, you know, they, he ends up, Thor ends up going with Rocket and Groot to Nidavellir to get his, to oh get my God. Stormbreaker. I did not know I needed a Thor and Rocket team up in my life. Right? It was like, it's it was the thing. so well. It was the thing missing in my life and I didn't know it. And then there's that scene when they're on their way and it's just a quiet scene of Thor and Rocket talking to each other and Thor is like talking about everything he's lost and you're like, this scene like, should not work. They were, it's written in a very funny way. Yeah. But here's this. crying. And it's like, holy crap, Chris Hemsworth, you are a very good actor. Yes, he is. Yeah, 100%. Oh, do you know what the ship, the uh, name of the ship is the Guardians are on now? Uh, I, yes, but I forgot. It's the Benatar. That, yes, I remember that. That's hilarious. So, so they, so they go off to get this new hammer, this new axe for Thor to use that is a Thanos killer called Stormbreaker. And then the rest of the Guardians go with Gamora to nowhere uh, to stop Thanos from getting the Reality Stone because Thor tells them the Reality they they left the Reality Stone with the Collector um, because they already had an Infinity Stone in Asgard, and they didn't want to keep them too close to each other. So they, um, and I believe that's the end of the Dark World. I think that's one of the stingers yeah, at the end of the Dark World is Sif. Dumping it with the Collector. Sif, and I forgot who she's with giving it to the Collector. Um, Which is why I'm going to assume Sif is okay. I hope so. Yeah, we. so we didn't see a lot of people. We didn't see Valkyrie or Korg or Meek. On the Asgardian vessel. So help me if Korg is dead. <laughs> well, so he Thor like has a throwaway line about Thanos killing half their people. So I looked in the the second time we saw the movie. So we've seen the movie second time two times, and the second time I was looking for a lot of things I missed. Um, so the. The second time I noticed, like the opening shot in the beginning, the ship is in two halves. The and so I am assuming that the second part managed to get away, and Valkyrie and Korg and Meek went off to like with the other half of the people there, um, which would make sense. Like I could see, I could see Thor saying Valkyrie go with the rest of the people, you know, um, and. Hopefully, Sif is also somewhere else because she was not in Ragnarok or Infinity War. So they go off to get the stone, and then the in we go back to Earth, where Vision and Wanda are off having a nice romantic weekend in Scotland. That gets interrupted by Th uh, Thanos's children coming to get the Mind Stone. And then the cavalry shows up, <laughs> and you get, you know, Cap, Black Widow, Falcon. And it is the best musical hit 
ever. It's so good. Like, like the whole. He's, he's there in the shadows and then that spear gets thrown at him. He catches, catches it, it and the Avengers theme starts yeah. playing. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so then you've got that group. They go off to Wakanda in an attempt to get the the Mind Stone out of vision so then Wanda can destroy it. So you've got the big battle in Wakanda going on. You've got, meanwhile, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man are off on... Titan. They they go off to Titan to bring the fight to Thanos, who he wants can the we, time... Can we talk about, just uh, real quick, the yeah. Guardians meeting up with tony and company yeah and how it just works well like here heroes going at each other but it only lasts a minute and a half because they talk uh-huh they use their words yeah and they realize you know that they're both against Thanos. and then <laughs> what master some of, the, do- some of the funniest lines in the yeah. movie were in this scene what master do you serve what do you want me to say like jesus wait you're from earth <laughs> no i'm from missouri that's earth you dipshit <laughs> And then they're like, they say, they, you know, they say they're the Avengers and Mantis is like, oh, that's, those are the people Thor told us about. Um, so it's, you know, it's, they, they end up teaming up, uh, to stop Thanos when he comes for the time stone. Meanwhile, Thanos captures Gamora, goes to get the soul stone by killing Gamora, which was very sad, um. Thor ends up getting his axe. He goes to Wakanda and comes into the fight like a boss. Uh, And then, like, they don't ever, all of the threads don't actually end up coming together because you've got the group on Titan who is, like, the Guardians and then Iron Man... Doctor Strange and Spider-Man all coming together. So you have that group coming together. But then in Wakanda, you've got like the Cap team and then Thor joins up with them. So even at by even at the end, you still have two separate groups of Avengers, which is very different from the first Avengers where they all come together to fight the yeah. battle for New York. But I thought it was I thought it was really good how they paired everyone off. And it worked for the story and it gave more, uh, it made things more difficult for Thanos because he had to go so many different places to get the stones. He goes to Titan and then he ends up going to Earth and that's where the last, that's where he gets his last stone. Um, I was just surprised at how well the script worked for me. Yeah, it should have been a hot mess, but somehow it was cohesive. Yeah, and like I never thought like oh, we haven't gotten to these people yet. Are we, you know, where are these people? It just seemed like every introduction was completely natural. Yeah, I mean, if I got a quibble, it's that I wish we'd had gotten to Cap sooner or just had more Cap overall. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to get him more in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> because we kind of have to. Yeah. But like, I, I was actually kind of glad because toward the end of the movie, I was like, Cap can't die. They haven't done enough with him yet to make it worth it um so yeah it's it's such a good movie i i loved it like i was actually really surprised at how much i enjoyed it um and then of course you know do you want to just go in and talk about the ending since that's what everyone has been talking about yeah so um 
Everyone, the snapping happens. Every which I didn't even notice the first time around. I didn't notice him snap his fingers. Yeah, I was my brain. My I knew going in to look for it, but yeah. my brain was just so overwhelmed. Yeah, I I just didn't. It just didn't register with me. Well, because Thor like Thor hits him with the axe. It very much looks like Thor, like Thanos is going to die. And then he goes, you should have aimed for the head. And my thought was, oh my God, what? And then he snaps his fingers and the screen goes white. So I was just kind of like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And I totally missed the snap. And then like, you know, he comes back and Thor's like, what did you do? Thanos just, you know, uses the time stone or the space stone to disappear. And then everyone just starts disappearing. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And there's a lot of people who disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, I, there's an article, there's a bunch of articles we're going to talk about, but... The one um, Infinity War has, or Tor.com has an article called Let's Talk About What Avengers Infinity War Did to All Your Favorite Characters. So it goes into, you know, how every, what, you know, everyone does in the movie, what their characterizations are. It's a really good article. Um, But like, you know, it's, it's. You you look through here and like half of these characters end up dead, quote unquote dead by the end of the movie. Strange is dead. Bucky, dead. Uh Black Panther, dead. <laughs> Falcon, dead. Vision, dead. Wanda, dead. Uh let me see who else. Um Bucky I said Bucky. Uh Spider-Man, Drax, Quill. And Mantis, Groot, uh, and Gamora, uh, dead before the snapping. So yeah, that's a lot of characters. And Heimdall and Loki at the beginning of the movie. High body count. Yeah. So there are there are the characters who die before the snap. Uh, Loki, uh, Loki, Heimdall, Gamora, uh, Gamora, and Vision. So. I guess the big question is, are those characters all going to stay dead? I think Vision will come back. Mm-hmm. I think the other three are gone. Really? Yeah. I have a hard time thinking they're going to keep Gamora dead. Um, I, I do too, but it, it, sure, uh, it sure sounds like she's been given exit interviews lately. Yeah, I... I I don't want I don't want her to be dead because I really liked her in this movie a lot. I really like her character and what they're doing with her. I I hate them killing such a cool female character, but I also feel like it would just give the movie a lot more weight if she is dead. And a a lot more weight to Thanos. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just, it sucks either way, whenever they do it. Um, I know why it happened in the movie. And that scene is like, that scene is so good. Um, And and, and deeply, deeply uncomfortable, by the way. Yes. And that is the scene where uh, you can definitively say that Josh Brolin did not phone in this performance. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about, let's talk about Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, He's not really in a lot of the other movies. 
He maybe has like he little, has little little one or two minute bit pieces in other films. Yeah. Um. He's in he's in the first Guardians. I think that's actually him. Is that Josh? I think that's is that him playing Thanos? Because I know in I know I can't remember if that's him or not. I know in one movie it's not Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, I think in Guardians it was him. Yeah, I think in the first Avengers it wasn't. I'm not yeah. sure if they'd cast him yet. Yeah. Is he in the first Avengers? Well, yeah, he's Than- Thanos is the stinger at the end. In the end of the first Avengers? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Courting is to court death, and then dude turns around and it's Thanos. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Um, I know he's in, yeah, so then it has to be him in Guardians, because Ronan goes to see him. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Josh Brolin in Guardians, um, okay. but I don't know, I can't remember if he'd been cast uh, yeah. when Avengers was uh, filmed. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he was in, and then, and then he's at the end of Infinity War, uh, when he's like, I'll do it myself. <laughs> um, but that's really it. So you didn't really have, like, a lot of, like, build up to him. I mean, you had a build, a lot of build up to him, but we hadn't seen him actually being the character. Mm-hmm. And dear God, he, okay, yes, it was, I'm sorry, it was him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yes, I found it. Um, but yeah, I was amazed at how it was good a he really was. compelling performance. Yeah, he's he was he was fabulous, and I I I don't think the movie would have worked if he wasn't as good as he was. Yeah, I I agree. And the reason that is is it it kind of seems like this movie is structured where Thanos or Thanos is um kind of in the role of the protagonists and all of the avengers are roadblocks for him i think he's definitely the script is definitely written that he is the protagonist um and that's not not that it's not that he's right or is good but he is written sort of in that he's sort of written in the structuring where his character is acting as the protagonist right like it's we're not saying thanos is the hero, hero and protagonist are two different things. Mm-hmm. Protagonist is the person, the character who's driving the action. They're the one who's making the decisions. Um, and Thanos is the one who has, who he wants the Infinity Stones. He is the one going out to get them. He is driving the plot of the movie. Everyone else is reacting toward him, to him. Um and the Avengers are all the people stopping him. They're the antagonists. Um, and I think that's why some people have such a problem with this movie is because it's not the straight hero, protagonist, villain, antagonist. And so it's very uh, dissettling. Yeah. So it, it went, after the first time I watched it, it the ending just felt so abrupt. Uh-huh. But then I was as we were walking out of the theater, I started thinking about, wait a minute, what if, what if Thanos, what if Thanos is the protagonist? Mm-hmm. Then suddenly that ending doesn't feel so abrupt. Yeah. And you, you start kind of reframing it and you're starting to see this 
narrative arc throughout the thing. And when you center it on Thanos instead of the Avengers or the heroes, then you start seeing this more defined, uh, this more defined story arc. Yeah. Throughout the film. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, his relationship with Gamora was one of my favorite things about the movie, but it's also so deeply unsettling. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I, I'm glad I haven't seen much on the internet of all the whole Thanos was right BS and like, oh, Thanos really did love Gamora because I would have to punch people in the face for that. Mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. glad, though, that they let him get the Soul Stone with sacrificing her. I'm also glad they had her say this isn't love um, because Thanos thinks it's love. Thanos thinks he loves her and that this is what, you know, he's done, you know, he taught her who who she is and all of that. And in his sick mind, that's what a father-daughter relationship should be like. Um, and I'm really glad it gave, the movie gave her the chance to be like, no, this isn't love. Um, so, and by all accounts, he shouldn't be able to get the soul stone because, you know, she's right. He doesn't love her. But the point is that he thinks he does. For him, it's a sacrifice. And I think that's important because in real life, that's how things work. Like, there are, there are people who think they are doing the best for you. And, like, I mean, there are, you know, there are abusers who are like, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this to protect you. And you know and they think they're right they think they love you and it's not and i think that's important for people to see that and for her to say no this isn't this isn't love i'm glad they i'm glad they let her do that i'm very sad she died (laughs) i I am too um but yeah i knew that was happening as soon as he's like it requires a sacrifice i'm like oh shit (laughs) damn it um so, um, there was, uh, two blog posts I wanted to talk about in regards to the movie. One was from our friend Chuck Wendig, um, talking about Infinity War and how he really enjoyed the movie until the end. And it just kind of like kicked him in the teeth and he didn't, couldn't realize why. And then he realized it's because the movie has no denouement, meaning there's a climax of the movie and then it just kind of ends. And, you know, he compared it to movies like Empire, where the, you know, the the Millennium Falcon goes to hyperspace, the rebel, they, you know, they're at the rebel fleet at the end, the Falcon goes off to find Han, um, Luke and Leia look out of the window. Um, if you want to compare it to The Last Jedi, it's the resistance getting away, and then you see Broom Boy on Canto Light. Um, but the Avengers is just... Everyone disappears, and then Thanos is out on his porch. <laughs> Which, yeah, is very uh, dissettling. And I remember the first night, there were a lot of people going, Huh? <laughs> I've never heard a movie theater be that quiet. Yeah, that was it. That was a level of stunned silence. I don't know if I'll ever see again like in a theater. Usually, people will like start talking to each other afterward and being like, even like, "What the fuck?" Like that sort of thing. But even that, it was just like everyone was just kind of staring at the screen, like, 
what? <laughs> Was that the end? <laughs> um, so what do you think, Brian? Do you... I mean, I definitely had that reaction the first time I saw it. Yeah. And again, we'll go back to this thing where... I think the film was written with Thanos being a protagonist. Mm-hmm. When you view it from that angle, the denouement is him sitting on that porch looking yeah. at that sunrise. Well, also, the, really, it's so he snaps his fingers. That's the climax. Mm-hmm. He goes into the Soulstone world and, you know, Gamora asks him what it costs and he says everything. And then he leaves Wakanda. So basically everything after the snap for him is the denouement. You know, he the snap is him achieving his goal. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's what do I do now? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting question. What does he do now? Yeah, exactly. And um, I think I think when framed like that. Uh-huh. It it addresses mm-hmm. it addresses those concerns that it just ends with a kick to the teeth. I mean, there's definitely a kick to the teeth there, mm-hmm. but looking at this with Thanos in that role of protagonist, you're right. Everything after the snap, yeah, is everything after the snap is that going down down to con- that downhill to conclusion, right. Um, John Scalzi had another blog post basically saying that it the ends don't matter the because there's no risk. The characters who disappeared are not going to stay dead. Um, he's saying, you know, they'll uh, in the case of, you know, when George R. R. Martin kills someone, they mostly stay dead. There's real risk there. In the case of Marvel and of Infinity War, meh, they'll be back. Most likely, they'll all be back. Yes, even Loki, as if they would waste that fan favorite. And I've seen this a lot. Yeah, so I've seen this criticism a lot, and I disagree with it so much. I, I disagree with it as well. I mean, first off, everything, everyone that died before the snapping, I'm pretty sure is dead. They are not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone who died after... Yes, they're probably coming back. In fact, we know a bunch of them are because there's definitely another Black Panther movie coming. They haven't announced it yet, but there's totally one coming. Yeah. Uh, There's another Spider-Man coming. There's another Guardians coming. Mm -hmm. A bunch of those characters are coming back. Where it does matter is what is the cost of getting them back? That That we do not know yet. And there's a good chance... It's going to be trading lives for lives. I mean, they even say it in the movie, a soul for a soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, for me, like, comic book movies aren't about who dies at the end. No, no, I, and I, I agree. And I don't read comics, so I don't even have, like, and generally I, I do, and generally for me, like, when movie, when characters, like, come back from the dead, like, I usually kind of it bothers me. And like, I do get annoyed when franchises can't commit to killing characters. Yeah. But with comics, with With Marvel, it's, you know what you're getting in. With comics, it's a feature, not a bug. And knowing that going in is what the difference is. Right. And it's what 
what is the cost? Yeah. What the stakes for me aren't and what who dies. The stakes are what do you have to sacrifice yeah. and to even, fix everything? And even if no one ultimately winds up dying, I think the odds of that are very slim when all is said mm-hmm. and done. But even if that happens, these characters are going to be ten shades of screwed up. Yeah. As a result. What does what happens to the universe as a whole? What I mean from the macro, yeah. What happens to the universe and the micro? What happens to these characters' psyches? Yeah. After this, you you can't just use the time stone to turn back time and go back to before Thanos got the power stone. Like the from from what I've read and heard from people say, the time stone has a like it there's a basically you can only use it at certain points like you can't just be like all right i'll go back in time all the way to five years ago like and even when thanos uses the time stone to bring vision back after wanda destroys the time destroys the mind stone it's wanda knows what happened like wanda watched it he used the time stone, brought Vision back, and then killed him right in front of her. So she saw him die twice. Um, so however they end up bringing people back, it's not just going to be a matter of going back in time and fixing things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Xandar is going to be decimated. Like Thor, Thor says, they went to, he went to Xandar, he decimated Xandar to get the power stone. Xandar is like the, the, the one of the most populated planets in Guardian's land. So what happens there? Um, you know, what happens to the Asgardians who they already lost their planet, now half of their people are dead. Um, even if they go back in time to bring all the people back from the snapping, uh, they're still half of their people are dead. Um, all the stuff that happened in, you know, we see New York, all the people disappearing, like, what happens to everyone around the what happens to the world while half of the people are dead like yeah that's that's a you know thanos thinks everything's going to be hunky-dory because all the resources are going to be able to like feed everyone and the the planet won't die but you lose half the people you lose half the people in charge of running the planet and things can spiral into Mm -hmm. like craziness like and he, dark ages it seems like he hasn't really thought through uh, no he hasn't <laughs> because he's mad yeah he's 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 crazy um so yeah i i just really disagree with the whole people saying it doesn't matter and i i'm way more interested now in avengers 4 than if it had just ended with thor killing thanos like because now i'm wondering what the hell are they gonna do to fix it yeah how do they fix it what happens to these characters it's not a coincidence that the six original avengers are all still alive mm-hmm. i'm assuming clint is still alive they mentioned him oh yeah in the they movie. very they very very intentionally benched him to use later yeah so you've got all six of the original avengers alive and this is you know the end of phase three so are we going to go into phase four with all of the original Avengers either dead or retired to have a new crew step up? Yeah. And I think like people said, you know, as soon as Black Panther died, I realized that it wasn't going to stick. Like 
for me, I'd like I don't think I would have liked the movie if the characters who disappeared stayed dead. Like that's not interesting to me. That's just like, oh, okay, so that's a bloodbath. Like, you know, the only characters who really had emotional disappearances were was Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It, it's way more interesting to me now. I think it's I think the stakes are way higher knowing that they're not dead. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I'm just really interested to see what happens next. And, it, you know, saying what ha- what happens next, um, the next movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp which we haven't seen the original Ant-Man, but um, this movie we know takes place after Civil War. So um, I'm wondering if they're going to, t- how they're going to tie it into Infinity War. Um, if those those characters are going to end up being disappeared or showing up in Avengers 4. Um, I've read speculation that the, the quantum realm, which they deal with in Ant-Man is going to play a part, which is where these characters have gone to that disappeared. Um, also in March, we have Captain Marvel and let's talk about Captain Marvel because she was sort of in the stinger. That stinger was so, so good in which, um, Nick Fury reaches into his bag and pulls out a pager, mm-hmm. and as soon as I saw that pager, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, I know. So, they fooled us, because the movie has, like, it's, you know, the the credits where they have all the people who are starring in the movie, it shows the title, Avengers Infinity War, and then it goes you know, to black and the rest of the credits go. Usually that's when you have the stinger. Um, but this one, you had to wait all the way to the end. You only had one stinger. Um, and I think it worked because it was so, like, everything was just kind of so hopeless. And then you get to the end and it's one tiny little bitter glimmer of what might be coming to save the day. Um, you know, you see Nick Fury and... Uh, Maria Hill for the first time since what Winter Soldier? I think, I think they, I think that th- that was the last time we saw Nick Fury, um, and uh, it's um, yeah. You so they both disappear, which you know, hey, your guys are back. Oh, now you're gone, and he uh sends a page to. Uh, someone, and you see it sort of sending, sending, and at the end, it's the Captain Marvel symbol. And a lot of people in our theater the first night cheered, <laughs> which I was glad about. I'm so excited. I cannot wait for Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel is coming out in March. It's going to be set in the 90s and basically be like her origin story. Um, And then... I'm assuming she's going to be in Infinity War, or not Infinity War, but Avengers 4, uh, playing a big role. And I'm just like, here she comes to save the day. I'm super excited. Yes. Yeah. We have some questions from our patrons. Oh, yes. Let's answer them. Yes. Um, So Matt Borgard asks, 
I'm curious mostly how the second viewing went. I enjoyed it a lot, but I got the feeling it might not stand up as well as the rest of the MCU as to repeated viewings, at least not without part two to make it feel more complete. I guess it felt more like an event than a standalone movie to me. Uh, it was actually much better for me on the second viewing, and I enjoyed it a lot on the first viewing. Yeah. But on that second viewing, I was going in knowing what happened and kind of have – again, we're going to go back to this th- Thanos is kind of written as the protagonist thing. Going back, watching it a second time with that framing just made the whole thing work better for me. Yeah. And also, um, at the end of the singer, it says Thanos will return, which is really interesting because usually it's – Thor will return, or the Avengers will return. This time it was Thanos will return. Um, again, sort of leading credence to the idea that he's the protagonist. Um, Lindsay Hardigree asks, The only comics I read are Star Wars, and those only since the canon reboot. I know that there is some of this in Infinity War stuff in, in the comics. Are they telling the story from the comics, or has it completely diverged from what was already written? Just curious if the comics can give good insight for what comes next. Uh, I will defer to you, Brian. As far as Infinity Wars go, it, it, it's been a long time since I've read these ones. Um, but a lot of there's a lot of the broad strokes that have been ported over to this. I'm honestly not sure how much the comics will be useful in what comes next. Mm-hmm. I. I don't know what direction they'd go with that. Um, She did ask about Captain Marvel. Yes. uh, Also, the only thing I know about Captain Marvel is that she's a woman. Is there anything else we need to know going into her movie? Uh, Yes. She uh, was a full bird colonel in the Navy, I believe, and was an astronaut. Wait, she was an astronaut? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew she was a pilot. But not an astronaut. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do that in the uh, in the movie, but uh, definitely the big thing for her is that she is a pilot. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Um. So, uh, oh, and do you want to talk about where people can read Cap? Where should they should start with Captain Marvel? Uh, pick up uh 2012's Captain Marvel Volume One by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, I don't know how much longer the sale's going, but um, check out Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, volume one is going for five ninety nine right now. Uh, that compiles the first six issues, and it is probably the best jumping on point uh, for what you will likely see uh, in the in the in this upcoming movie because it looks like they're basing uh, this iteration of uh, Captain Marvel on Kelly Sue DeConnick's run. Yeah. Um, uh, John Liang asks, uh, did you get verklempt at any point in the movie? For me, it was Peter Parker's death, even though I knew that, knew in real life that Tom Holland wouldn't be doing more movies. And see, this is why, even when I know the death isn't going to stick, it doesn't bother me, because that was a punch to the gut. Yeah, I agree. That was probably the only moment for me that really had me emotional, um, although... Close second is just the music cuts, and Steve is looking just totally shell shocked, and he just mutters, "Oh God!" Yeah, that's the last line of dialogue in the movie. I'm I'm really both sad and interested to see how this how how poor he, Cap deals with this. 
Yeah, yeah. And mm. also the like Gamora's the whole Stone sequence was really hard to watch. Um, they were both really, really good in it, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, it's especially when you consider that you know it's it's three you know an alien a you know basically two aliens and a human who's been corrupted mm-hmm. by the super soldier serum in the scene together and it ends up being like one of the most emotional things in the movie also the scene with thor and rocket as they're going to native alir again sad. it was written very funny but yeah. chris hemsworth is an amazing actor who made that work and the first freaking, you know, five minutes of the movie or ten minutes of the movie where you have Heimdall die and then Loki. Like, Loki right after I finally started beginning to like him. Um, and Heimdall is, like, my second favorite character from the Thor franchise. So I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any more questions? No, that's it for the questions. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up there. We're probably going to see this movie a couple more times just because I've enjoyed it so much. <laughs> it's so good. Except now MoviePass doesn't let you go see the same movie more than once. Ugh. Boo. I know. All right. Well, this episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Tashi Station, where you can click on the link on the blog. That'll help get you in there. And just $1 uh, gets you into the patron-exclusive Slack team, where you can talk with us and submit questions like we answered on this show. Yeah. Which is fun. Uh, we'll be recording a backer cast soon, um, discussing a movie that someone has pitched to us. Um on Twitter, where the ha- where you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E. Uh, you can find our columns and news on Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.